Hello, Joe. Hi, Brian. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Good, good. It's been a while. How oh, you been? It's been a while. What, what have you been up to lately? Um, I, uh, I've been selling houses. So yeah. I like to say, keeping the wheels of commerce turning. That's right. Yes. yes. What you do. Yes. Yeah. I, I can never get over like how much of our economy is built around the house yeah. industry. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the way, right way to even say that, but like, I was just thinking about as I was driving and I saw these new developments and all these new homes and I'm like, okay, yeah, all the, just everything that goes into building a home, uh, making sure it's uh, built properly, all the materials that go into it, you know, people selling it, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, maintaining it, um, you know, all the products that go into it. And it makes me think, you know what? Home Depot, they really had a good idea there, yeah. didn't they? Yes. You can, yeah, you could go into Home Depot and theoretically, I think, buy everything you need to put in your car and then go buy it, build a house. <laughs> yeah. If have. you had a large car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah one trip. Yeah. One trip only yeah. from Home Depot <laughs> yes. to build your house. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd have to really think, go around and think about it, but it's like, do they sell concrete mixes? I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think they do. Yeah. I think they do. I wouldn't put in my own foundation, but I that's just that, No. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, you ever see those catalogs, like building your own house back yeah. in the, like, 30s or oh, yeah, 40s yeah. and people are just like here's a kit build your house yeah. like what yeah. are you nuts i can barely put together a lego thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think uh sears offered that for Is a while that right yeah. yeah yeah i mean can you imagine just like the big plot of stuff and like, like go to go to town like that can't be like they gotta i'm i'm, I'm guessing codes were different back then did they have like coding i assume they had mm-hmm. codes and that's building a, things they had to go through that's a good point because yeah how could you sell a kit and be sure it's got the same code requirements in one area that doesn't because you know like around here your footings have to be 36 inches to be below the frost line but i don't know that that would be the case in phoenix you know just uh, some person like that's not even their main job building a house it's I, I assume you would hire somebody to put it together like if you're an accountant maybe you want to do it i don't maybe. know but like well, you just uh, spend a week and build your own house the uh one the first uh cabin my parents and I, I was very young when they had it at lake of the ozarks was a little two bedroom one bath cabin um on basically a crawl space and the way i've heard it told is my dad and my grandpa built the house and i think it may have been one of those kits from really? yeah wow. so forget the first time home buyer it's first time home builder yeah are you a first time home builder <laughs> It's like, I think we're past that. We want people, there's a lot of codes and regulations nowadays. Let's maybe hire somebody who was licensed to do it. Yes. And the areas I work in, um, you do have to have a general contractor's license to pull a permit to build a house from the ground up. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What is, I think it's for the, I think it's for the good, right? It's for the best that maybe that's how it, so everything's built to a certain code. So if you sell the house to somebody, you walk into it knowing that it's met, it met a certain level of criteria of safety and yes. resilience. Where I'm selling new homes and now in Gardner, um, I think the city inspectors come in, I can't remember if it's five or six times during the course of construction. So that's, um, you know, a little, a little bit of peace of mind to know that, yeah, a professional inspector has passed this home at four, uh, five or six stages of construction. Yeah, it gives me peace of mind, like yeah. especially in my house, like during a, a storm when it gets really windy mm-hmm. and it starts maybe hear a little bit more noise in the wood. But this was put together by professionals. Yeah, and it was you know, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of people at stake here. If it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, a lot of mm-hmm. issues that if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, I think I, I, I'm in favor of that personally. Yeah. That's a me thing, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, speaking of first time home buyers, though, I want to talk about that with you. Sure. Um, so like a first time home buyer, let's say they're in Overland Park, Kansas, you're uh-huh. a first time home buyer. Uh, what kind of experience do you have with that? What is it? What's the mindset of a first time home buyer? What do we got? To, what are the conversations you have? What's the consultation look like? Uh, talk to me about that. So a lot of first time home buyers um, have been renting um, and they they just want to own a home as opposed to rent and build that equity in their home. And so that's usually their motivation. Um, most first-time buyers, um, they've gotten through college um, and have um, gotten to an apartment and lived there for a couple of years to establish a job and income and savings. Um, other than that, um, you know, there's, um, you know, single versus married people. There's Pretty much everything, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't have to go to college right. to buy a house, though. Right. I mean, I hope not. No, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Is that a requirement to yeah. buy a house? You Did need, you go to college? Show me need, your transcripts. You need to bring your diploma to the buyer consultation. <laughs> you have to wear yes. a cap with yes. a tassel on it. Yeah. Um, so, no, but that but that is kind of typical of Overland Park and Johnson County. Um, that entry level there is usually somebody who's college educated, right, but, not yeah. a, but cer- that's certainly not a of hard not. and fast rule at all. Of not, not at all. No, 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 of course not. Yeah. That's uh, I guess you're just playing demographic kind of like, yeah. like if you're, if you were like put like a hundred people together and yeah. you threw a, through a pebble and maybe you probably would hit somebody with a college degree or right? or someone with some college or even trade school. Anyone who's like went through a, some higher learning experience that can enhance their ability to earn a living that, that qualifies for a house. I guess, I guess the way to say it is whatever level of education they have wanted to get, they're there and passed it by the time they, because it's, it's not a great idea to buy a house while you're still in college. No, you know? no. Um, remember, remember when we were in college and like, yes. I was working at Sonic Drive-In. Yes, the idea of owning a house with that—I mean, I don't—I wouldn't even qualify. No one would give me money to buy a house with that job. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, what was your income last year? It was like nine thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, you're not going to qualify. Wait, I don't have expenses in terms of. Slushies, uh, <laughs> limeades. It's, limeades. Yeah, Sonic slush. doesn't have slushies. They have the, what, the limeades. Well, no, no, yeah, Sonic's have slushies. Oh, they do. They have slushies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Sonic slushie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrap forty four, cherry limeade. Yeah, they pretty much have like combination of tens of thousands of different combinations of drinks. Yeah. That's always a weird thing too because you could put like pineapple into a drink and they call that a drink. I'm like you're just putting just putting food into a drink that doesn't count, <laughs> but we're counting it. Like okay, why not? <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> I'm going to have dinner in my cup. Yeah. Whenever I work there, everyone in our staff, like this is going back, obviously, when you're working like, you know, a college uh, a gig, which is like clock in, clock out kind of fast food. I always enjoyed it because there, whenever the people I was working with, we always had our own specific drink, like, mm-hmm. you know, the Route 44 limeade with the strawberry in it. That was, uh, you know, this person's drink. And this other person, their special drink was like, uh, you know, cherry limeade with half a, you know, that and you poured orange juice in it and put a, a, a cherry on top. That was their drink. You know what mine was? What's that? It was a small Sprite with extra ice. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. I really you, expanded my creativity on that one. Your highness. <laughs> your crazy drink. Extra ice with Sprite. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my regular. Fast food places, though, they usually fill the cup up with so much ice. If you got, like, extra ice, there would have been, like, what, an ounce and a half of Sprite in there? Or? Yeah, I don't think the 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 fountain drink was on for very long. Whenever I felt it, it was oh. like, you're, you're actually saving them money. 
<laughs> but I have the ice. Who doesn't like Sonic ice? Uh, somebody was talking about that the other night. How like different places. Uh, some some. I should. It was just a conversation I was having. Like I said that. Like oh yeah, everybody was in on this conversation about ice. But uh, the, <laughs> it was uh, you online, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> with your online friends. It's my uh, ice chat room. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah somebody was with was talking about how um yeah different places have better ice than like they 100 percent do 100 yeah. do yeah. i think wendy's ice is meant to not uh fill the cup more than sonic ice though sonic ice takes up more space but it's a better experience yeah speaking of buying ice i think quick trip uh in terms of buying ice i don't buy ice from quick trip i don't like their ice mm. um it's just it, it's not a good experience when you're if i put it in my freezer but a uh, quick, quick shop or I don't know. What are the other quick? Yeah, that, that, that that's the one I go to for their. I use their ice. It's like more. I don't know. How's that? It's that. It's the uh, oval and then the middle of it's punched out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that. There's a term for that in the it's, ice industry. Tunnel ice. Tunnel ice. Mm -hmm. Did you just make that? Up? I did. <laughs> but it fits, doesn't it? Tunnel ice. Yes, it's yeah. the tunnel ice. I like that uh, for my home consumption mm -hmm. uh, beverages. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my favorite ice. Um, but, oh, I'm sorry. Back to first time home buyers though. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a first time home buyer, yeah. So we're talking about, we're basically getting qualified for a home. And, uh, the conversation yeah. is, it's gotta be a tough conversation too. Isn't the housing prices are quite, quite high right now, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. And, um, it, in addition to the pricing, I mean, that, that is what it is, you know, and everybody's got their own budget. So going back to that, you're, one of your first steps after just kind of making the decision saying, yes, I'm ready for it. I'm tired of where I'm living now. It's time to move on. It's time to move, time to get a house. One of the first places you should go is um, a lender and they will um, assess your debt to income ratio, your um, credit score, credit score. Yeah. yeah. Your income for, I think last time I checked, it was last two years. Um, I, I don't know how, how it is now, but I remember it had to be W2 uh this uh, uh basing your income i don't know how it is now so check with your lender but um remember that being a thing unless it was a different kind of loan you'd have to get if you were like a contractor kind yep. of thing that makes sense so yeah if you're an independent contractor and paid 1099 yeah. like i am um i don't know if this is a uh strict hard and fast rule but um generally speaking they like to see two years of yeah. income that's what I had. Yeah. That's whenever I got my loan, that's what they wanted to see two years. I think tax returns too. They wanted to yep. see my taxes as well. Yep. When I applied for my mortgage, I basically just took everything I filled out tax wise to the lender. I'm like, it's all there, whatever you need out of it. You know, it's like that Ron Swanson guy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> just hands him a note that says, <laughs> give me $400,000. <laughs> I, I made, I made $200,000 last year. Like, well, I did, but this doesn't count though. You need to have an accountant send me this. But um, that's essentially where you set your budget with your lender. Unless, you know, you're lucky enough to be a first time buyer who's cash. Then <laughs> that That is a very interesting situation you have. Good, good for you. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's quite rare. But um, so then you have your budget and then, yeah, in this market, that means say your budget is $225,000. That probably means you're going to be looking at houses around $175,000 list price because inventory is so tight. There's going to be a bidding war on most homes. That's what I hear. Yeah. There's, there's like a lease. There's a lot of offers coming in yeah. and you have to, yeah, it's a, 
as they say, a seller's market. It is. is that what that's called? And, uh-huh. and that's just got to be kind of frustrating. Is it, is it frustrating? It sounds frustrating. I don't know. It is because um, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't have any active buyer clients right now, um, but um, last year I did. And it was, um, it was a case of writing um, an offer on multiple homes before we, we finally la- got one. And so if you're entering the market and want to buy a home um, and, you know, whether, whether it's a good or a bad market is up to you. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it's time, if you want a home and you're ready to move, then it's, it's time for you to move. Just be ready to look at a bunch of homes and what you see it advertised for is probably not what you're going to pay for it. And so um, it, it could be a lot longer process than it would have been a year and a half, two years ago. Um, certainly four or five years ago. Oh yeah. I, I bought five years ago. Um, so you're the, so if you're the buyer's agent, uh, that means you are basically on your toes whenever mm-hmm. they want to talk, you're yes. there within yeah. quick. They, they want, they want to go or they send you like, Oh, I saw this, uh, this listing on Zillow, but, or you probably send them listings that are not just like publicly listed on Zillow or is that, or is it like you send them things from, I don't know, like the MLS is, yeah. is that right? So yeah, Zillow and, and those sites do populate from the MLS. So you pretty much see everything that's on the market. Uh, but I usually send people listings. I have a way to just email listings right out of, out of MLS. Mm-hmm. And um, there is one advantage to MLS in that we can, if an agent has a listing coming on, they can put it in what's called a pre MLS status. And um, we can at least know it's coming. We can't go see it until it's actual live date, but um, we'll at least know it's coming. Be prepared. See when it's coming on the market. Make sure we've made time to go see it that day. Okay. Um, and um, so, yeah, I don't think that populates out to. Um, I could be wrong. Other websites yeah. that like like seem like they draw from the MLS, yeah. but it's a little bit of like a little little a heads up, a little head yeah. start kind of thing. But that may have changed recently because relatively recently you weren't even able to email out pre MLS listings um, like you could an active listing, but you can now and at least say, "Hey, here it's coming." So uh, that may have changed. Um, I, should, right, well, so I should know that. That's okay. Thanks okay. for tuning into this real estate podcast where I don't know much about <laughs> real estate. Yeah. Welcome, yeah, welcome to Google it. Yeah, we should we should check that. <laughs> I just said it though. We should still check that. <laughs> That's okay. No, yeah, we're all humans here. We're yeah. not. We're not 100 perfect, uh, but we do our best to like uh, you know give you the best information and ex- basically work from our own lived experience as our agents and all that. So, yeah. yeah the uh, so you're there with a um, so qualify the talk to the lender. They pre-approve you say for 253 or whatever the number is. Go out looking at homes, and uh, then they tell. I mean, you've already talked to the first time home buyer before this, like I want two beds, two yes. baths, or I want one bed, one yes. bath, whatever it is, whatever their situation is. And in the meantime, while they're doing that, you're trying to find maybe houses that suit their needs yes. and putting together a little packet or something and sending it to them or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll sit down um, or over the phone, do a buyer consultation. This is important um, to listen to what they want. You know, the number of bedrooms and bathrooms, um, you know, general area, if there's a school district they want to be in, if they're, if they want to be a certain distance from their workplace, um, and budget comes into this too. 
style of home, you know, like if they only want to see two stories or if they'll look at ranches and split levels too, um, you know, and, and things to exclude, you know, some people will say, I, I don't want any homes on the corner of a street, you know, or um, I, you know, don't want to, um, I don't know, there's all sorts of criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be uh, this close to a park maybe or a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. or just any number of things really think about it or like, um, yeah, I mean, proximity to uh, amenities. Yes, absolutely. I like, I like being close to a quick trip. Uh, that way your trips to it can be quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, and also proximity to downtown here in Lawrence is really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, so you do that and then they start talking about that and then uh, you go look at homes and then it's time to put in bids. And yeah. that's when I, that's when it gets kind of frustrating. It sounds like, or it can be or at this point, it can be like that, but you know, this guy's, you guys got to stay the, I don't know, enthusiastic and optimistic. Yeah. Have a good, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, attitude, pes- uh, attitude uh, not uh, pessimistic, optimistic, optimistic. Yeah, you do. You have to be in the, in this market. You have to be optimistic. You have to be willing to, um, be told no a few times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and when it comes to writing the offer, we can look at comps and see what the most expensive home sold for in the neighborhood, but that kind of, that may be going up with each closing, you know, and um that's certainly something you should pay attention to because i am starting to hear about homes that aren't appraising it's still kind of rare but um it's happening more and more um so you either be ready to waive an appraisal or um be up front with the seller and say look if it doesn't appraise we're gonna have to renegotiate or you're putting okay. this house back on the market oh, okay or, all right so um interesting so, and the right. seller may be confident it appraises and is like that's no problem you know because anybody getting a loan not anybody uh, you know if you're only financing like 30 percent, which who is but um the lender will require an appraisal yeah um, yeah and uh so you know my advice to a buyer when we're writing the offer is look here's the market data you know and here's your budget write an offer where you're going to be able to sleep at night if you don't get the house and you're going to be able to sleep at night if you do get the house, you know, I like that. Yeah. I think that is, I, I mean, I might, I might need to make that one to those uh, graphics, like those yeah. Gary V graphics. Yeah. <laughs> can you put it on a t-shirt? I can. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should open a store to sell products in there. Let's get matching tattoos. That's it. Okay. We're going to put a pin in that did idea. I, did I take it too far. I think it's, a, we're not quite there yet. Uh, but we'll see. I, and I'm not, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know. And you know, when it turns back to a uh, buyer's market that you're going to have a tattoo that's completely irrelevant about <laughs> home buyer advice. Yeah. You take uh, first time home buyers to open houses. I want to talk about open houses. Yeah. What's that like? So open houses. Um, yeah. There, you know, as many people as are going to be looking at your house, um, just putting it on the market, you, you, the seller's, are we not going to get a whole lot of benefit out of an open house right now? It never hurts. Um, it never hurts. It It is um, from an agent's perspective, just being honest with you, it's often something agents do. They go hold an open house and hope to meet unrepresented buyers okay, to get yeah. for their clients. It's also a good way for them mm-hmm. to meet the neighbors because a lot of times when you hold an open house, curious neighbors will stop by. And if they're thinking of selling, that's a good way to meet them. But it's, it's, um, it's, 
it's never going to hurt you to hold one, you know, hold an open house. Yeah, I would never, if a seller asks me to hold it, I'm not going to tell them no. That's a terrible idea. You know, right. it never hurts. So yeah. do they last? How long do they last for? The traditional open house is usually like one to four on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. Um, though they're becoming a lot mm -hmm. more common. It's it's certainly not unusual to have them on Saturday afternoons. And what's becoming more popular though is um, two hour um, open houses, um, like on a Wednesday or Thursday evening. Um, okay. Those have become very popular wow. too. There's nothing good on TV. There's nothing. Nothing. There's nothing on TV that's as good as looking at a house. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah. And the, in the age of streaming, <laughs> I don't mean to get off too off topic, but one of the most inaccurate portrayals of an open house I've ever seen was on a show. I really like to watch called better call Saul. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, um, there was an episode where the main character, uh, wants to take his girlfriend by a house that is going to be an open house on their way to work. And they happen to meet the real estate agent there. I'm like working that out in my mind. I'm like, okay, even if he goes to work at nine o'clock, he's probably going by this house at eight o'clock. No agent is holding an open house at eight, eight in the morning on a weekday. Which, which episode was this? I've, I've watched Better Call Saul. I can't think it of this was, episode. Uh, it was in one of the middle seasons. Really? Um, okay. It was when he was starting to make money. I, I, I wish I could remember the exact episode, but I was just like, Oh, they, you know what? They took I, some creative liberties. Otherwise, the series is good. I remember Breaking Bad having that episode where they were building the lab inside the house. And I was thinking of the Breaking Bad, <laughs> like, like where they they built it all up and they tried to sell it, but then they lowballed it. And he goes, "Yeah, you didn't disclose this thing, this lab." Net. Now that that is actually kind of accurate. If you if you have a house with a meth lab in it, um, and you don't disclose it, you'll <laughs> happen. But, uh, yeah no I, okay yeah, yeah i'm you sorry know we have a lot of listeners brian some of them have meth labs in their home <laughs> you know? but uh no um it's not so much the fact that illegal activity took place in your home it's the fact that i i'm not familiar with the manufacturer of meth but i've been told it has many noxious hazardous chemicals in its yeah, production process and that can basically make the house um a toxic uh hazard yeah, uh, kind of like asbestos, asbestos yeah. kind of thing, but different yeah. because I I would know what it's like to be in a house with a a, a meth lab in it. But uh, yeah, it feels like it's one of those things you would disclose. Yeah. If you don't know, just disclose it, right? That is uh, good advice. Yeah, it, when in doubt, disclose. Um, it's not going to hurt you to disclose because um, we have a form called a seller's disclosure, and it's about eight pages long. And if you fill that out and you disclose a flaw in the house, the buyer of your house signs that as part of the contract. And so, so they're signing off on saying, yeah, you made them aware of it. And um, uh, so that protects you. They're saying, yep, we disclosed it. You saw it. You signed that. You saw it. Um, What's that uh, from Silicon Valley show on HBO? They go, you know how it is. Bros disclose. <laughs> That's a good one. That's the code. Bros disclose. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and I would hate to deal with an HOA if you had a meth lab in your area. That 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 might start some fights. You know, I I don't know that I've seen. I, I was going to make a joke. I've never seen explicit language banning a meth lab in a um, <laughs> HOA uh, declaration um, or um, restriction booklet. But actually, 
I think I have. Okay. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. grow this there. If you don't grow that there. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that makes sense because in some parts of the country, it is probably legal to do uh, like, uh, let's talk about hydroponics, for example. Mm. I don't know what the rules are in Colorado, um, but if you are living in an area and uh, you're paying a lot of money to live there, you probably yeah. don't want to be around. Uh, I don't know that kind of thing. People who are growing uh, are, are just the growing. Ex- I mean, it's, maybe it's uh, just growing, um, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but maybe I don't know. I don't know how the rules work. Uh, I mean, by guessing it's like people who live in an area. What do you think about HOAs? Like people live in an area, spend a lot of money. They want it to look and feel a certain way. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? So, yeah, um, there's a lot of people who think HOAs, you know, throw too many restrictions on their residents. And and there may be there. There's some I don't know that there, you know, there may come a day where I turn down a house I was looking at for myself because uh, the HOA doesn't allow something I want. You know, I don't know what that would be, but, uh, um, but mainly they're there so that somebody buying a house in the neighborhood can expect some level of consistency. Yeah. You know? makes sense. Yeah. I guess what people don't like about HOAs is they get a little power hungry sometimes. They can. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I, of course I, I've seen that on TV. I don't know. Maybe that's real. Or not, but. Yeah, they, they had a funny portrayal on that. Uh, at the retirement community, Jerry's parents lived in, in Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was, there was a real power struggle there, but, uh, <laughs> and that may not be too far from the truth, but, uh, generally in residential single family home subdivisions, there's not quite that power grab, but, um, they're more set up for um, a way to collect money for the amenities in the community. Like if you have a community pool and yeah, they're there to enforce certain um, restrictions. Like, you know, most of his stuff, like parking a car outside or having a car parked too long, um, a fence getting in disrepair. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a mechanism there to enforce those things. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, or uh yeah, I think the word consistency, I like that word. It's like yeah. a predictable kind of consistency. You're not going to have, uh, I don't know, a, a common issue I hear people have is like maybe parking your RV yeah. in yeah. an area. It's like, look, this is kind of clogging up the street here yeah. and it's getting kind of annoying. Can we please not park our, can you please uh, maybe buy a parking space at an RV lot where they have, yeah. where they make those things? Well, and then, you know, other things like um, for some reason, um, I don't know if I'd say it's popular, but it's more common than I it's been before is uh, people who get chickens to um, have their own fresh eggs at their house. And, you know, ah, yes, 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 that one. And that there, there's a way at the beginning to, you know, know, well, will one of my neighbors eventually build a chicken coop in their backyard? Well, this HOA specifically forbids it. This one doesn't. It could happen in that one that doesn't specifically forbid it. Yeah, they can update the rules, can't they? I'm sure there's got to be some voting thing that probably needs to happen, but who knows? It is uh, surprisingly hard to update rules in an HOA. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, certain rules, I'll say that. Um, And I'll give an example. There's a community I worked in, in Olathe. And when the developer I worked, he bought it during the economic downturn. The previous developer um, had to sell it, um, couldn't keep it going. And so the developer I worked for bought it and um, the HOA restrictions documents still had the old name of the subdivision on them. Um, And we just wrote an amendment that said these still apply, but there would have been things really, really difficult to change in those HOA restrictions, such as the minimum square footage of the homes, um, setbacks, um, you know, and that 
they're difficult to change for that reason. So another developer can't come in and all these people who say built homes with three car garages. Oh, now somebody's coming in and lowering their values by building one with two car, you know, oh, okay. something like that. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I guess I, I, it makes sense. I, I understand like the, the, both sides of the argument. Yeah. Um, I tend to think like, I, I tend to lean in the side, like, yeah, the, I like the amenities uh, aspect of that. I, what's that called? Uh, the maintenance provided maintenance provided. Yeah. That's a thing. That's like an HOA kind of thing. Isn't it? Not? It is. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, villa communities or townhome communities where the lawn maintenance is provided and that, so you would have a higher HOA fee. Some of them break out the maintenance fee versus just the HOA fee. You know, I guess you'd have two payments, but most of them put it all together and the HOA just collects it and pays the lawn service to cut everybody's grass. Um, and then, you know, a step above that would be condominiums where the HOAs, um, you know, going back to being a first-time buyer, if you're looking at a condo, you want to look at the HOA dues uh, because they're going to, one, they're going to vary from condo to condo, even within a building, because they're usually based off of the square footage of the unit. And second, um, they can be quite high because um, there's a lot of main, a lot of condos are in converted buildings that are older that require a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. Plus you're, a lot of your insurance is covered by the HOAs there. And um, one thing to look out for is uh, if you're buying a condo, ask if they are anticipating any one-time costs coming up. Um, there was a condo complex that a friend of mine was looking at and they opted not to buy there because they knew there was a large upcoming concrete repair that the exterior of that building needed. And the residents, have to pay for that one okay. way or another and if the hoa doesn't have enough reserves they whatever it costs they divide it up and bill it to the residents wow and wow it it sometimes those one-time repairs can soar up to ten fifteen thousand dollars per resident you know so, so oh my gosh oh my so that's gosh. something to look out for you know ask if they've <clears throat> recently had any of those which if they've recently had them and the residents already paid for it you get to benefit from it mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um you also want to, um, if you're buying a condo, usually your lender will ask you to um, get this from the condo association, and that would be uh, a copy of their reserves to see how much money the HOA has in reserves, um, so they aren't going to be turning around and buy, uh, you know, sticking the residents with a large bill. But um, it's why um, some condos have um, HOA fees monthly that are the same as what it would cost you to rent a two-bedroom apartment somewhere else yeah you should check out uh the hoa fees in breckenridge colorado mm. or keystone yeah, holy yeah. lord yeah holy lord yeah i mean i can only imagine but that is uh i guess it's a lifestyle you know choice yeah. it's a thing um i for one at this point in my life i kind of enjoy kind of i just like being left alone at yeah. this point yeah and just don't don't bother me uh, you know if you're if my neighbor were, were to come up to me and be like hey uh this and that and like i listen like if there's yeah. any issues with, with whatever's going on I, of course i listen uh but like when you have like some sort of authoritative power saying like you shall do this like that's kind of rubs yeah. me the wrong way at the moment but yeah who knows how i'll feel 10 years from now well it's one of those things if, if you cut your lawn anyway you're never going to hear from your hoa and the other thing is it, it kind of the hoa don't necessarily go around and police these things it's a lot of times requirement of another neighbor to contact the HOA and turn basically t 
tell on them. Yeah, tattletale. Yeah. Do a little tattling. But uh, there's a company in the KC metro area that actually manages um, HOAs for, I don't know, if I were to guess, somewhere between 80 and 100 neighborhoods in the metro area. And I got to know a couple of people at it because they were managing one of the communities I worked in. And I kind of felt bad for them because all they do is get complaints. You oh, know? geez, and that sounds, you're the customer service yeah, line. Yeah. The neighborhood. And then you got to turn around and, you know, if one neighbor is complaining about another, you got to hear about it. And then you got to turn around and tell that neighbor, hey, man, you got to cut your grass or we're going to put a lean on your house. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not a fun call to me. No, that's uh, that's a, what you want to have, like, nice harmony with everybody. But yeah. uh, however, if uh, things are going down, we got to keep things in order a little bit. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. All right. Well, that's our thoughts on HOAs and another good podcast. Yeah. Wow. Look at this. I didn't know that I knew so much about HOAs. Wow. Yeah. Oh, one more thing about HOA. Not a lot of people know this. HOA stands for Home Owner Association. You get out of here. Yeah. You get out of here. I, we probably should have said that at the beginning. I was pronouncing ha yeah. this whole time. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say it. We said HOA. I was like, ha. Yeah. But Some Home people- Owners Association. Yes. Wow. Well, thank you, Joe. I mean, we, sh- we should have said that at the, the beginning. People are like, <laughs> HOA. Home hors d'oeuvres or anchovies. Home home offer application? (laughs) Houses or apartments? Hot otter appreciation? (laughs) Hours or alligators? Uh, Hostess of area <laughs> yeah oh my god we could do this for the next 35 minutes if we wanted to well, let's save it for the next podcast all right we'll, we'll go into the next podcast just doing those hoa <laughs> other worms for HOA. all right oh well, that has been the other the, another episode of the kansas city real estate podcast and i've been with joe stevenson aka joe the realtor and uh thank I am, you brian i am brian reynolds and uh yeah so like subscribe share this podcast and uh if you have a house that you want to sell, you should list it with Joe Stevenson. You should, you should mm-hmm. list it with him. And if you're looking to buy a house, you should also talk to Joe. Yes. Get that consult going. Uh, basically, any kind of real estate transaction, you should talk to Joe. Joe the Realtor. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. You got it. All right. Tune in. Subscribe. Thanks, y'all.